like shopping for fantasy football. That's right. Waiver Wire Show is just like grocery shopping, but just for players. Welcome everybody to the Fantasy Football Sage Podcast. It's your host, Michael Fricano. Tuesday, September 29th. We all know Tuesday is the day for most people to get their waiver wire selections in order for Wednesday's waivers. If your league has your waivers set to go on through Thursday, well, then I suppose you're ahead of the game by one day. In this episode, we'll go over the top pickups for week four, as well as some player news, mostly injuries, because there were certainly plenty of them again this weekend. If your fantasy roster has been unaffected by all the injuries over the past couple weeks, well, you can consider yourself fortunate. You are certainly part of the minority. But this is why you're listening to the Fantasy Football Sage podcast. You're committed to staying on top of your roster for optimal construction, right? So if you've suffered a minor injury and you need to replace a player, whether it be short-term or long-term, and stay on pace to win the fantasy championship, that's what you're trying to do. Hell, even if you haven't suffered an injury setback, picking up players off your waivers that are guaranteed more opportunity now because of said injuries will not only give you more starting options, but it'll also ensure that that the other players in your league, your opponents, don't get them. So without wasting any more time, let's get right to it. And kicking it off on player news, Cam Akers, Los Angeles Rams running back, is still considered day-to-day because of his rib injury. We're going to have to monitor this one, folks, it looks like. You know, in my own opinion, this three-headed monster they got going on in the Rams is exactly why I don't have any stock in this backfield. So according to Coach Sean McVay, Darrell Henderson, the other guy, the the other head of the Hydra, if you will, um, is likely to be the starting running back in week four after two strong performances. This is according to head coach Sean McVay, as I said. Now, he's rushed for over 80 yards and a touchdown in the last two games, so he should, I guess, now receive the majority of the carries moving forward. If you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would have said Malcolm Brown. So it's just so flippity-flop. Personally, I mean, unless you're into pancakes, I just don't want any parts of it. Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson is considered day-to-day because of his hamstring injury. And we're just going to have to monitor his practice participation, see if he's even eligible or uh, if he's fit to play, I should say. Of course, he's eligible, but, you know, the dude's fragile. He probably probably won't play week four, I'm guessing. Um, Even though they're saying it is minor, but, you know, when they start doing these reports early in the week, they always try to make it sound, they, they try to make it sound optimistic. But also with the Eagles, we've got Alshon Jeffrey, who will do more during practice this week, and the team will see where he is physically, according to head coach Doug Peterson. We're going to cover Alshon Jeffrey in the waiver part of this episode, so I'll just leave it at that. Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver DJ Chark was undergoing tests on Monday. So 
apparently he's now dealing with not only his chest problems, but he's got a back issue now. We're going to have to monitor his participation and practice throughout the week. I'll get more information to you as the week progresses. As well as with Jarek McKinnon, San Francisco 49ers running back, is considered day-to-day because of injured ribs. This is just another one of those situations where we're just going to have to see throughout the week. Uh, McKinnon is certainly a number two running back or a flex option if he receives most of the work like he did this past week in week three. But with Raheem Mostert coming back, uh, there's really a whole lot up in the air. Even if Mostert comes back, I still like McKinnon as an RB3 for. But once again, we'll find out later in the week if he is even fit to play. We do have some certainty with this next bit. It seems that Jordan Reed, San Francisco 49ers tight end, suffered a sprained MCL during week three. Uh, He's been placed on injured reserve, according to head coach Kyle Shanahan. Uh, He's going to be sidelined for six to eight weeks. He was filling in for George Kittle, and he's not going to return until December. It's not a shocker. I mean, for those of us who've been following football and following Jordan Reed's career, while he's a stud when he plays, he seldom plays because he is always hurt. It's unfortunate for the guy, but at at this point, he really needs to consider retirement. We're going to find out more information about George Kittle, however, I'm guessing he's got a really strong chance to play this week. We won't know until later in the week and we see his involvement in practice. However, if you did pick up Jordan Reed uh, to fill in for George Kittle while he was sidelined, you can most assuredly drop Jordan Reed. He is not even worth keeping on your bench at this point. According to head coach John Gruden, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, wide receivers for the Raiders, They're in danger, possibly, of missing week four against the Buffalo Bills. He did acknowledge, however, that he had to check with his trainers first before providing a full update. Now, should they miss time, this means that Hunter Winfro and Nelson Aguilar, they'll get the majority of snaps at the wideout position. I'm just not interested. Sorry, folks. If it's not Josh Jacobs and Darren Wooler, I'm not interested. Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman was diagnosed with compartment leg syndrome in his calf following the game in week three. He had surgery on Sunday, September 27th. Head coach Frank Reich told reporters the surgery went well Monday and that they expect Pittman to be back around week eight. Now, I had to do some reading. Compartment syndrome refers to Increased pressure within a muscle compartment, in this case, Pittman's leg. That causes increased pressure in the muscle and could have resulted in nerve damage down the road. So it looks like Pittman was fortunate that he was able to nip this in the bud as quickly as he did. From a fantasy perspective, you can drop him in most redraft leagues if you picked him up. Uh, It's really unfortunate for the guy, but we're not going to stick around and wait for week eight to play Pittman. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin is scheduled to undergo an MRI on his hamstring. Well, he suffered this week three against the Denver Broncos. While he's been very productive when he's been on the field, it's been kind of a rough start for Godwin. He missed week two, as you may remember, with the concussion he suffered in the opener. If he's forced to miss some more time, 
I suppose we could look at Scotty Miller again. He'd come back in the discussion. Uh, Mike Evans' owners are probably really happy about this. Although Mike Evans seems to be doing just fine, even with Godwin on the field. This past week, he posted seven for 104 and a touchdown. So he seems to be the man to own. In the beginning of the season during draft, it was Godwin who had the higher draft capital because of all this talk of you know Tom Brady not being able to get the ball down the field. Well, it seems that that's not the case, folks. We'll monitor Chris Godwin's health as the week progresses. Chicago Bears running back Tariq Cohen was diagnosed with a torn ACL and was placed on injured reserve Monday. He just, just, he just signed a three-year extension, what, a week ago? Man, this really sucks for the guy, but for David Montgomery owners, now we can certainly count on him being the featured back. We won't see uh, him sharing much time, except maybe Cordero Patterson may take on some of Cohen's passing down work. Chicago Bears quarterback Nick Foles was named the starting quarterback ahead of Mitch Trubisky for week four against the Indianapolis Colts. You know, it seemed only a matter of time before this happened. I mean, even though Trubisky wasn't all that bad in week three, and he led the Bears to a 2-0 start, it just seemed like he never really did consistently enough to move the offense. And although Chicago didn't score the first one and a half quarters, Foles took over, he did spark the offense in the second half. He threw three touchdowns. I mean, he did rally them past the Atlanta Falcons, so now they're 3-0. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. I'm not touching Nick Foles or Trubisky. I feel like it's just going to be another flippity-flop thing. You know, Nick Foles has a bad week. They put in Trubisky. Trubisky has a bad week. I mean, Nagy, come on, bro. Don't be so temperamental. Pick a starter and roll with them, at least for like four to six weeks. Everybody has a bad day, right, folks? My guess is, is that they were just itching to pull the trigger on this one. They paid Foles all the money for exactly what they're doing right now. So most people are probably going to tell you that Foles is a QB2 in a two-quarterback league. I wouldn't bet on it, folks. You're going to find at, at some point in the season, you're going to find yourself disappointed because you started him and he got taken out of the game. Don't put yourself in that position. Seattle Seahawks running back Chris Carson had an MRI to reveal a sprain in his knee. Um, it appears to be minor, so he does have a chance to play in week four. However, they're playing the Miami Dolphins. I wouldn't be at all shocked if they sat him out of practice the entire week, let him rest, and put in Carlos Hyde, who we'll get to in the waiver segment of the show. We'll monitor Carson throughout the week, but to Carson owners specifically, don't be shocked if he sits this week. Just going to tell you that right now. But that wraps it up for player news. Let's go ahead and get into these waiver wire pickups for week four. First up on the waivers, I got Carlos Hyde running back for the Seattle Seahawks. As we mentioned earlier, Chris Carson went down awkwardly late in Sunday's game and was in quite a bit of pain when he grabbed his knee. They're saying it's not that serious, but as mentioned before, we can count on Chris Carson to either sit in week four against the Dolphins or at the very least have a limited role. 
Uh, I can't imagine that the Seahawks are going to really push this guy to to completely put him on the bench for several weeks to come. It's also a testament to just how injury-prone Carson is. We said this in the beginning of the season when I called Carlos Hyde a, a really good uh, handcuff. So Carlos Hyde should be out there. Um, I believe he's only, let me see here. Let's see what his percentage is really quick. Scroll down. He is only 9.9% owned in leagues. He had 57 rushing yards against the Cowboys, three receptions for 26 yards in the air and a TD. So my guess is, is he's going to get the bulk of the work against the Dolphins. And as we've seen, Seattle loves to run the ball. He's a premium pickup in the waiver wires this week for me. My man Ryan Fitzpatrick, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, he's coming in as a waiver wire pickup for me this week. He had 160 passing yards, two touchdowns. He rushed the ball for 38 yards. If you watch that game, you see the old man. He's got some wheels on him still. He also had a rushing touchdown for a total of 25 fantasy points. Now, he was a top 10 quarterback in week two and a top five quarterback in week three. Next week, he goes up against the Seattle Seahawks, a defense that has yet to hold an opponent under 25 fantasy points. They've also conceded an average of 440 passing yards per game through three weeks. That's pretty intense. I'm looking to pick up Fitzpatrick everywhere that I can possibly scoop him up and I have room. Uh, in one league, specifically a two-quarterback league, I dropped Kirk Cousins and started Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was out there on the waivers, and man, did it pay off. Look for my boy Fitzy to do work against Seattle this coming week. Now, this next one's highly unlikely. Mike Davis running back for the Carolina Panthers. He's 77% owned, but I'm only mentioning this because you need to check and make sure he's not still out there on the waivers in your league. He rushed 46 yards. He had eight receptions for another 45 yards and a touchdown for a total of 23 fantasy points in week three. Now, he's one of a, he was one of the must-ads of last week. So if you weren't listening, you know, the guy's stepping in for Christian McCaffrey. He's going to get tons of volume. You need to make sure he's not still out there on the waivers in your league. Now, I know I said personally I didn't want any parts of the Los Angeles Rams backfield. However, if you're a gambler and you want to take some risks, Darrell Henderson is 67% owned, so there's a chance he might still be out there on the waivers if you need help at the running back position, if you need some more depth. Week 3 stats, he had 114 rushing yards and a touchdown for a total of 19 fantasy points. For two weeks now, you know he's been the featured back in the Rams offense, and he has a great two matchups coming up against the Giants and the Washington football team. I'm just personally going to stick to my guns on this one, but if you need some help, he's definitely a consideration. Last week I said we had to see it to believe it, and it looks like we're actually getting a chance to see it. Jeff Wilson running back for the San Francisco 49ers. While he only had 15 rushing yards in week three, he had three receptions for 54 yards and two touchdowns for a total of 21.9 fantasy points. He's 13.7% owned in leagues. Now with San Francisco dealing with so many injuries to their starting lineup, you know, someone needed to step up for the 49ers, right? Well, looks like it was Jeff Wilson. 
Now, while his rushing numbers weren't remarkable by any means, he did get 12 carries with those three receptions that we spoke about. With this kind of involvement in the offense, I think he's going to have some value for weeks to come. If you've got the space, he's definitely worth a speculative pickup. Moving over to the wide receiver position, I got Justin Jefferson at the top of my list. Minnesota Vikings wide receiver. He straight balled out in week three. Seven receptions, 175 yards, and a touchdown for a total of 30 and a half fantasy points. Now, the Vikings hadn't looked good for the previous two weeks prior to week three. But they look good now with Justin Jefferson getting involved. If they plan to have any kind of success, they need to get this kid more involved, and I think they see that. So we know Adam Thielen's the number one. I like Justin Jefferson as a wide receiver three, four, moving forward. This next one's a speculative one as well, but I'm going to say T. Higgins, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's 6.9% owned, so he's probably out there. Now, he had five receptions for 40 receiving yards and two TDs for 21 fantasy points. This is my whole point. It's through three weeks. Joe Burrow, he's averaging 47 passing attempts per game. It's safe to say that there's plenty of targets to go around in the Cincinnati offense. T. Higgins' role should be part of the game plan in the weeks to come. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, is 16.8% owned only. He had five receptions for 70 receiving yards and a touchdown for a total of 21.1 fantasy points in week three. Now let's face it, the 49ers are looking for any warm bodies to fill out their offense after two weeks of just brutal injuries across their roster. He's a valuable asset to the team as they scramble to just, just reinvent their offense on the fly. He's as capable as a receiver, a rusher, I mean, really, whatever San Francisco might need him for. I think he's definitely worth a pickup if you got the space. And also on the subject of desperation, Philadelphia Eagles receiving corpse is serious in desperation. All right, so I'm going to say Alshon Jeffrey. He's still out there, 14% owned only. You know, he hasn't played a game all season, but he is back to practice. I think he's worth a pickup. If he gets to start, he could have an immediate impact on, on their offense. So I would honestly consider maybe even making room for this guy. It's just, you just never know when he's going to go out. Like, do I think he's going to stay healthy the whole season? No. However, they're going to lean on him heavily once he does start getting involved with Deshaun Jackson out, Jalen Rager out. They're going to need Alshon Jeffrey to step his game up. Even if you only get him for a couple weeks, he's worth the pickup. If you're shopping around for tight end, I'm going to have to say it, man. Jimmy Graham, tight end for the Chicago Bears. He's only 13% owned in leagues. He had six receptions for 60 receiving yards, and two TDs for 24 fantasy points this past week. Now, Jimmy Graham's 10 targets on Sunday came after Nick Foles took over when Mitch Trubisky was benched in the second half. You know, in his pastime in Philly, Foles, he made really good use of the tight ends. So what does that mean for Jimmy Graham? I'm just saying, if you're streaming the position, I would definitely look at Jimmy Graham as a serious option. When they get in the red zone, he's going to be one of the guys to go to. If you're looking for a defense to stream this week, 
I definitely got to say it's the Los Angeles Rams defense. They're only 20.5% owned. This past week, they had four sacks, one interception, and one fumble recovery. 35 points against. Look, Aaron Donald gets to go up against the New York Giants and the Washington football team over the next two weeks. Do I need to say anything else? Hop on board while you can, folks. And that wraps it up for today's episode, episode 18. I hope you enjoyed the Fantasy Football Sage podcast. I hope you listen in later in the week when I get more player news to you, as well as the starts and sits by matchup. If you like us, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Twitter, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Republic, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, do all that good stuff. Until next time, peace. I want an everlasting gobstopper.